Good morning, everyone. Um, okay, good. Right, we're going to be talking about communion again today. If you want to turn your Bibles to Matthew 26, that's where I'm starting. And we're going to be talking about preparation today. Um, one of my mums, I'm sure most mums who have done this, um, classic quote, mum quote on a Sunday lunchtime is, or, or maybe dinner time, it's taken me all, all morning or all afternoon to make this meal and now it's gone in five minutes or something. You know, it's kind of like the, the family's consumed like locusts, it's all stripped down and you've been spending like three or four hours prepping the veg and doing all these kind of things. Anyone kind of witness to that? Yes, yes. Uh, so anyway, we're going to be talking about preparation and, and preparation for communion. So this is Matthew 26, verse 17, says this. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you eat, to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city and a certain man, sorry, go to the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. So this, let me just move this. I'm popping a bit here. This is um, the preparation for the Passover, which is what Jesus uh, sort of reorientated around himself and turned into what we call communion or the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper, whichever tradition you're from. Um, but if you look here, there's preparation involved in this Passover meal. Um, and the disciples say to Jesus, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Now, they soon realize, don't they, that when they get that, well, actually, even as Jesus is talking to them, he, he, they realize that he's actually made some preparations in advance. So there's going to be some bloke who's just going to just willingly give them a room. So there's, there's something going on behind the scenes here, whether it's supernaturally or Jesus has had a word in someone's ear prior to this. Um, so Jesus made some preparations himself. He's preparing himself as well. But the disciples are still given some work to do. He doesn't kind of just all lay it out for them. He, he actually gives them the opportunity to be a part of this. And even though this is going to be Jesus' meal about Jesus, the disciples were given a share in that preparation. And as I said, just with any meal, there's preparation involved. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know how this works, but do people get here early or do people come here the night before and, and say, yeah, people are nodding. Some of you think, really? I thought it just sort of beamed down. For, yes, there are people that come here and lay the tables and warm up. My, I didn't realize my pastries were warm this morning. I don't know if they've been sat in the sun or whether somebody actually done that deliberately, but some preparation had been involved there. Okay, um, and just like that, whenever we come to worship together, actually, there's preparation involved. It doesn't just, when we come together to worship, there's something happens, some, some preparation happens, just like it is with food. So, you know, when we come to worship, songs are chosen. Yeah, somebody has to do that. Words are considered. Somebody has to do that. Services are ordered, put together. Jackie just handed me a piece of paper. Here's the order of service. No doubt she put that together. Um, in our case here, food is prepared. In those days, sacrifices would have been prepared and, and chosen. Hands would have been washed. Utensils would have been cleansed. In Jesus' Passover meal, the furniture would have been arranged. The room would be made ready. And hearts and minds, hopefully, were focused. And Jackie led that prayer at the beginning. That, you know, just bring, what was it? Recenter our scattered thoughts, yeah. Um, and hopefully, we, we seek the Spirit in all of this to, to help us. 
So worshipping together and eating together both have some, a, a connection that it takes some preparation. It always has done. And the thing is, we live in a, a fast food instant culture, don't we? I was just reading through my notes here before, as I was making my breakfast, whilst I had the notes on, on the island, the, the, the bagel was in the toaster. I just thought I, I, I wanted to eat before I got here. I just had a little something. And, and I'm kind of like thinking, I've got, and I'm pouring orange juice in the reading. I'm thinking, this is just so how we are. Like the, the preparation happens while other things are happening. It was like, we just need it to happen. Now. If I could have had an instant breakfast, it would have been a lot easier this morning. You know? And we, we live like that. So we try and reduce down our preparation time to a bare minimum, ready meals and all that kind of thing. And I think we seem to think that that preparation time is like a waste of time. We want instant gratification, don't we? Straight away. Feed me now. And maybe the same could be said for our worship. I mean, how much time do we, do we all individually... Somebody's put the order of service together. It would have been Jackie today, I guess. Somebody else a different day. But how much do we all give some time to preparing ourselves to, to come and sing praise? Are we ready for that? To do we come ready to encourage one another? Do we come ready to hear from God? Do we come prepared to eat the Lord's Supper and to minister in the Spirit to one another? Do we come prepared and ready for that? Because if we do, if, if any of you are a teacher, you'll know that if you do any preparation to teach a lesson, who learns the most? The teacher or the students? It's always the teacher. They've researched it. They've got, they don't necessarily teach you everything they've researched, but they do all the research, and they're the ones that actually learn the most. And then sometimes you might glean something from it if you're sat in the class. So actually our preparation is so, it's almost more important than the thing itself in sometimes. And even if we haven't prepared the food, maybe we could lay the table or we could wash our hands at the very least. That's how we, we come together when we prepare ourselves. So how prepared are we to eat this meal of communion today? Do we, come, do we come hungry? Do we come hungry and ready to eat the body of Christ, thirsty to drink his blood? Do we come ready to remember all that he has done? Do we come open to be renewed in his covenant? And I think, if I'm honest, our tradition is a little bit weak on this, um, you know, in our tradition. Baptist or evangelical tradition. Um, if, if you go to a more liturgical church, um, which I'm sort of, a part of me yearns, I, I grew up in that and I kind of rebelled against it. But I think actually there's, there's a, a lot to be learned from some of those traditions where the, the, the liturgy actually takes you through, even if you hadn't prepared, to, even if you just fell in through the door, um, the liturgy actually takes you through some preparation. Um, so I think we can grow in that area. So I'm just going to jump to another scripture now, and then we'll talk a little bit about the kind of preparation the New Testament speaks. Um, in 1 Corinthians 11, you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to, you, you may know this scripture, but I'm going to read it to you. 1 Corinthians 11:27 says, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. God, that's, that can sound quite heavy. They're pretty challenging. I think they, they challenge us to consider our preparation because nobody, I'm guessing, nobody here wants to drink and, and, and eat communion in an unworthy manner. And actually some translations say an unready manner interestingly. 
Nobody wants to be guilty concerning the blood and body of Jesus. So he says, let a person examine themselves. And so that examination, I think, of ourselves should be part of our preparation before we take communion. So what does that mean? First of all, I'm going to tell you about what, it doesn't, what I think it doesn't mean, uh, which is often a common misconception, and, I think, and then I'm going to say what I think it really does mean, which I think we do need to take very seriously. First, the first thing I think it doesn't mean, and I've seen people do this, um, and I, I find it a little bit... If you start to think it through, you've, you've kind of missed the point. But anyway... What it isn't, I don't think, this examination is this introspective kind of mope on telling yourself how bad you are, putting yourself down. And in the extreme, I've seen say, people say, well, I'm just so, so awful that I can't take communion. And then I think to myself, isn't communion the thing where Jesus says to remember that he's died for our sins <laughs> to bring forgiveness to us? And you think you're so bad that you can't do that thing that is actually the remedy for the thing that you think is the problem. Does that make sense? Does anyone, and, and maybe, depending on how you've been taught, I think, and how you've been brought up, sometimes we think this is what it means to like beat myself. If I beat myself up enough, then I'll be ready to take communion. <laughs> and I think actually, I don't think this is about excluding ourselves. Um, and I think actually, just a general rule, if you find yourself condemning yourself, that's, that's Satan's job. He, he does the ac- ac- condemnation. We don't listen to that. If you find yourself being convicted of sin, that's a different matter. Condemnation and conviction are two completely different. If we're convicted of our sins, we tend to repent. If we're condemned, we just tend to kind of go, oh, Jesus, I'm just so... T-. But Jesus has come to rescue us. This is good news, right? Yeah. That's what we celebrate when we take communion. He has come to rescue us from our sins. So, so I don't think this is about us beating ourselves up. We all desperately need to eat this and drink this. We all desperately need that. We're all sinners. You're in good company. If you feel bad about yourself, look around. You can feel bad about everybody else because we're all here. We all need the body and blood. So Jesus says, drink this, all of you. He says, eat this, all of you. So I don't think it's that. I don't think it's about examining yourself and putting yourself down to a point where you just think, I'm just terrible and I can't do this. What I do think it is, if you read it carefully, this examination before God is a question about how we are with one another. If you read the whole of that passage, it talks about that some of them were the kind of more well-off people, I think, were kind of like they're eating in a, in a kind of exclusive way and people who are coming in late from work or whatever, they were just, there was nothing left for them. Some people were getting drunk, others there was nothing for them, and, and it was a, there, was an, there was a separation, sorry, separation, and a kind of them and us, and a uh, I'm better than you kind of thing. All, I don't know, there's all lots of dynamics going on. And I th- so I think this examination is, how am I with this body of people? By the way, which is the body of Christ? All of you. And, and another thing, I get into the habit, when you take communion, keep your eyes open. Sometimes, oh, this is the body of Christ. No, this is the body of Christ. So how am I doing with Jackie? Have we had an argument this week? <laughs> maybe she's thinking, oh, I didn't like the way he played piano. Or maybe, you know, I don't know. Or maybe, maybe she's thinking that was amazing. I don't, I don't know. But, you know, if there's issues there, we need to sort it out before we break bread together. So I'm going to keep my eyes open and I'll say, this is the body of Christ. And, and, and we need to look around and how am I treating the people around me? How, this is my family. I love, love that we sit around tables and share together. Um, 
But in all honesty, are there tables that we're avoiding? If, are there issues there? Maybe we need to sort that out. Am I operating in forgiveness? Uh, as I pray the Lord's Prayer, am I really saying, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me? Am I desiring to prefer one another? Am I desiring to care for, for the other people around me? Um, is, is everything in, in love with those around me? That's the kind of examination that I think he's talking about. That's the kind of thing, basically, if the answer is no to any of those things, then just sort it out, sort it out and take communion. Simple. Sort, sort out your issues and then take communion. Make things right with people. Confess, repent, take responsibility, change direction, whatever it takes. And if you come from an Anglican background like I do, when I started doing the research, I started thinking, oh, that makes sense now. If you've ever been to an Anglican communion service, before communion they say, we're now going to share the peace, as if everybody knows what that means. If you don't know what that means, it's when people get up and awkwardly go around and shake people's hands. So I'll go over awkwardly to Sarah and go, peace be with you. And not really know why. <laughs> because nobody's being taught. <laughs> go back over to Brian, peace be with you. And then quickly move on. We've started doing this at King's. It's just a really profound moment before we share communion. We, just, we go around this. In fact, sometimes it just takes too long. because, you know, Come on. <laughs> Can you get on with this now? But let's share peace with another. If, if things have been a bit tense... You know, at home, husbands and wives, just share peace. This, this is where it gets reconciled. If you've, you're not quite sure how things are going in the worship team, you know, maybe oh, John's, John needs to forgive me for playing a wrong chord in that first song. Let's say, peace be with you. Peace be with you. It's all right. We're okay. Maybe there's some bigger issues that need to be resolved, but peace be with you. And so when we do that, when we examine ourselves, let's keep our eyes open around, around the place. As we share the bread together, keep our eyes open today. Um, it's not about just me and Jesus. This is something about the body of Christ and discerning the body of Christ together. And final thing I'm going to say on preparation, <clears throat> going back to Matthew 26. Um, it's also good to just check our sincerity and how we respond to, to Jesus' forgiveness. There's a shocking moment at the table. He, he, he says, and when they were eating, he said, truly I say, say to you, one of you, He's sitting around the table with his disciples who are this close-knit. No doubt they'd have had their arguments, but they were a band of brothers by now. And he says, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were all very sorrowful and began to say to him, to one another, rather, is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? Now imagine that. Imagine if Jesus was here and he was leading communion. And he's, he's like, here's the body... One of you is going to betray me. Now let's stop and hear Jesus say this to us as we go and take communion. One of you is going to betray me. How do we respond to that? Now, we might tend around and look around the room and think, yeah, I know who that's going to be. You know, and you might have a, I'm thinking, oh, that's definitely going to be Sarah. It's not going to be me. Now, if you're kind of that way of thinking, go back to step one of your examination and see how you're doing with Sarah, shall we? Okay, because you probably think they've probably got some issues. You might better say, peace be with you to her first. And then that may take that thought out of your mind straight away. Peace be with Sarah. I'm just picking on people right in front of me here. Sorry. But actually, just let that, those words sift us. Because we all, you know, if you look in the story, yeah, Judas was the one who betrayed, but then all the disciples ran off. And Jesus was left alone on the cross, pretty much. So we, we can all relate to this in one, one degree or another. So let us examine ourselves 
and know that we are all beloved sinners in the company of beloved sinners and that we all need this and that as we share this covenant meal which Jesus shared with Judas that's that's a crazy thing knowing that he shared this meal with Judas the covenant of grace still stands so the question is really are you ready to respond that, to that grace and love of Jesus are you ready to 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 receive the grace and and every time as we come together to do this let's prepare our hearts prepare ourselves with one another prepare ourselves with the lord um, and I've, I've asked jackie if we can just before we share the bread today if we can say peace be with you um, you may want to just do that around your table or some of you may want to get up and just say peace be with you let's discern one another let's keep our eyes open as we take communion let's pray oh heavenly father we thank you for sending jesus we thank you for the fullness of grace come to us through Jesus Christ. I want to pray now if there's anyone who feels so condemned that they feel that they're not worthy to receive you, that they would know that, you're exactly, that they are exactly the people that you came for and that this meal is a meal of grace and reconciliation to us. That as we confess our sins, you are faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and that this communion meal is a ministry of that. And I pray as we, as we share together, we would be very much together and that we would be in a, a place of forgiveness and acceptance and of love and peace to one another and that we would know that we are your body unified in you, in your love in your grace, in your mercy, we ask these things. Come and grow us and develop us in, in our appreciation of you and what you've done and who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen.